We all have dreams. Some people seem to live theirs while others seem to struggle. This is, however, merely a perception. What if you could get the answers you needed to execute on your dreams? Welcome to the Platinum Mask Podcast, a show designed to ask various young professionals just how they deal with their specific ups and downs. How does one young upstart navigate competing with name brand companies? Where do we get the best tools? How do we grow from our stress and anxiety? Most importantly, how do we properly utilize our cash flow? The Platinum Mask Podcast with your host, Grayson Mask. We wanted answers, so we're going out to get them and sharing them with you. Let's get right into today's episode. Hello to everyone listening to the Planet Mask Podcast. I am Grayson Mask. I have with me Carla Mejeno, and she's a local DFW blogger as well as YouTuber and overall content creator. And she creates content on topics like early parenting, ideas like postpartum depression, and other topics related to mental health and parenting. So I wanted to thank Carla again to for not just coming on to explain her own story, but also just some of the people she speaks to and some of the kind of early mothers, people who are kind of dealing with uh, mental health topics, and just some of the stories she's heard. So thank you again, Carla, for taking out the time today to not just come on here, but uh, to explain your own story, but really help me out understanding with some of these topics. Yeah, of course. That's what I started my YouTube channel and Instagram about, just to inspire women and let them know that they're not alone. Because when I first had uh, Zoe, there wasn't a lot of information about postpartum depression. And I just wanted to help other women out. And then it kind of grew from there. And, um, you know, like what age, like when you, you said Zoe, like what age were, were you when you had Zoe? I was 19, uh, when I had Mm. her. So I got pregnant, uh, two weeks. I found out two weeks right before I turned 19. So Mm. I had her and a few months later I I was 20. (laughs) So Mm. I was 19, like really 19. Um, so I was right at the borderline of being a teen mom and not being a teen mom. Uh, but it's still really, really young. Because at that age, you're just very trying to figure out where you're at. Most kids are in college. Mm -hmm. Some kids are just not in college yet and just figuring yourself out. But um, you just don't know where you're going. And I got pregnant at that point. And my my life just kind of took off. Mm -hmm. Had to do a lot of growing up really fast. And with like your own, you know, you having your own YouTube channel, I was kind of wondering what the landscape was like, um, you know, when you discovered that you were pregnant, where like the, was the option of YouTube videos or like other content creators like well-received or wildly out there? So I didn't actually start my YouTube channel until a year into having her. And my mom actually came up with the idea because um, when I got depressed, I just started like looking up videos and trying to get some more information about being depressed and if it was common and just trying to figure out if I'm alone, Uh, which I wasn't, but I wanted to create that community that I was searching for when I was, um, you know, postpartum. So that's why I started my YouTube channel to create that community of women that see that think they might be alone, but they're not. And Mm -hmm. from there, I have expanded. I don't want to just, not just moms, but just women that 
um, feel like they're alone sometimes. And I want to inspire them and help them figure out that they are not alone, that there's so much power within them as women. And I love everyone like that. When you kind of bring up the idea, I guess like how important that social network is for other women dealing with the same situation. So at 19, um, when you discover you're pregnant, was like, uh, you know, how'd you come out? I guess like, did you say it early on to your family or friends or, you know, when did you, I guess, when did you like officially announce it? But it was more that I just like, I didn't, I didn't lie. I just didn't. Uh, I just decided to keep it private for a bit. Um, and at first it started out because usually the first three months of pregnancy, you do keep it a secret just because there's a lot of things that can go wrong um, in first three months. So usually that's when you announce it. But I just time kept passing and I forgot to announce it. And then I posted a picture of my baby shower and that's when it all happened. <laughs> and was it... Uh... Was it like easy or difficult when it came to like close friends and family as far as like how they took the message? They were all very, very excited. Um, My mom, she actually said, because I was 19, I was very young and I was engaged to Cruz, but I was not married to him yet. So um, my mom actually said that whenever she looks back on the memory, she did not want her granddaughter to think, well, at the time we didn't know she was a girl or a boy, but she didn't want her grandchild to think I was mad at her or I was disappointed in her in any way. Um, so my mom was just ecstatic right from the get go. She was, she bought two of everything since we didn't know if she was a boy or she brought everything in blue and pink just in case. Um, my aunt, on the other hand, which she, excuse me, she's like a second mom to me. And she actually said that she was a little bit surprised and a, not disappointed, but she was just unsure of her feelings at the time because um, she was pregnant at 18. And so she kind of had, she already knew what that was like. She knew how hard that was. And she was also a single mom growing up. Um, well, not growing up. She was a single mom at 18. So she didn't want me to go through the same struggles or anything like that. Um because she had already had some trauma from that. Uh, she was the and only like, one. Sorry. Oh, mom. She was the only one that pretty much reacted like that. Everybody else was super supportive. Zoe was the first baby in my family in a while. So um, everybody from my family was extremely ecstatic. And um, everybody from Cruz's family loved everything. His mom wanted to be there every single step. <laughs> And like the idea uh, when you kind of are blogging and some of the other people, uh, other women are listening to this and, you know, maybe they deal with a similar situation. Was there, you know, has there been any advice or have you spoken to any women like who maybe had your similar situation, but they didn't have the same, I guess, like support network? Like maybe they had a family that were like totally against it. People tend to cut you out or just not want to hang out with you because you are constantly with a baby. Um, Mm. So what that meant for me is just finding a new circle. When you kind of originally mentioned uh, your mom getting uh, two of everything, so what did you guys end up doing with all the uh, blue items? Oh, we kept them. Or um, (laughs) Because I I don't think there are baby... Because you don't use it for a long time because babies grow so quickly. 
So a lot of like the newborn clothes that you get a bunch of um, stays new. So I just, we got a lot of, um, we, we got a lot of gifts from people like used gifts. So we decided to return the favor and give some stuff away too. So postpartum depression um, is unique to everybody, but scientifically, um, basically what happens is when you are pregnant, you end up having a whole bunch of hormones running through your body um, because you have another being inside of you. So you have all of those hormones, and then whenever you give birth, it's a sudden drop of hormones because you're losing all of that at once. So a lot of um, mothers will experience what is called baby blues, which doesn't last too long, but it's basically like a a small postpartum depression where um, you feel some of the symptoms and usually it doesn't last that long. And it's just the hormones trying to reset and get back to normal, back to who you were before. Um, But if it lasts a, a bit longer, that's when they classify it as postpartum depression and um that's when things get a little tricky. And I feel like everybody's journey with postpartum depression can be a little bit different. But for me, in specific, I just felt completely numb. Um, Mm -hmm. That's the best way I can explain it. And it Mm -hmm. sucked because it felt like a lot of happiness was around me. But I didn't feel anything like I didn't feel sad, or mad or anything like what you would think depression is. Um, because I wasn't grieving anything. I was just, it was a drop of hormones and it's something chemically imbalanced on your brain. So, Mm. um, that's what I was feeling just completely numb. And if you don't mind me asking, like when it comes to, uh, postpartum depression, is it sometimes it linked to like, I guess, normal depression or, you know, to someone that, has clinical brain imbalances or clinical depression like more likely to have postpartum depression? Yeah, so actually, I was uh, depressed as a as a teenager, um, and they had that on my medical history. So actually, at the hospital, um, I think it was a social worker came up to me and asked me about it because she said that I'm more at risk to um, have postpartum depression. So they had kind of talked to me about it a little bit, but I didn't know too, too much into it because I was so focused on other things. I didn't think about this, you know? It's not something that you really think about unless uh, people explain it to you. But, um, excuse me, (laughs) sorry. Um, So a social worker came up to me and told me like what got me through it the first time and what's different and everything, but it didn't feel the same. It was, it was, it was just different. Um, And if you have had postpartum depression before, you're actually more likely to get postpartum depression again. It doesn't mean you're going to get it every time, but it's just, it's more likely that you're going to get it. And like, has there... I guess, been any medical changes as far as like if postpartum depression is you have this amount of hormones and then you don't and uh, there's a chemical imbalance. Is there any like medical changes as far as like, can they give you additional hormones like in that, I guess, that window? So um, they can give you antidepressants. Um, So at my first checkup, um, 
they give you a questionnaire and they ask you questions uh, specifically linked to baby blues and postpartum depression. So for me, I went in to get birth control and they actually denied giving me birth control because I was, they could see that I was depressed and they didn't want to put anything in my body that they couldn't take out, um, at least at that time. Uh, so they actually ta- told me to go to a psychiatrist and the psychiatrist had to approve me to get um, hormones, which, um, you know, birth control. But she actually said <laughs> she didn't care if I was on birth control or not. It didn't affect anything. But she did give me antidepressants, which um, are meant to stabilize everything and basically give you oxytocin back into your head, <laughs> into your brain. And like with the idea of the postpartum depression and such a change in the chemical balance and it, when you kind of mentioned the idea of feeling numb, were like people, was it like something easy to spot or were like people noticing? Because I know you said like you weren't, it, in, it wasn't like you were insanely angry or, uh, mm-hmm. you know, depressed about a certain situation. Yeah. So actually my aunt was the first one to notice. She said, um, my aunt and my mom both said that I was different. And Mm -hmm. they could tell that like, of course, I had like, I like to think of it as I had happy like sparks um, during that time, but I didn't feel joy. Like I was mostly numb the whole time. But Mm -hmm. like I could sometimes like smile or laugh at something, if that makes sense. It's, um, mm-hmm. for me, it's a little hard to like explain everything for it, <laughs> but that's basically what I felt for me. Um, I was numb the whole time, but obviously I just had a baby and everything. So there were times that I did feel kind of happier than others. Um, mm-hmm. I hope that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. but my aunt and my mom were the first ones to notice. And then I told my husband about what I was feeling and that's when he started to pick up on everything. He took a little bit longer, but I think it's because we were both very sleep deprived also. So I think that's why it's harder for other people to notice. Um, Cause you're so sleep deprived. You're basically in zombie mode the whole time. Um, and, but my mom and my aunt had experienced it before, which is why they noticed it in me. I know you like brought up the idea of, I mean, obviously with medication, with, um, antidepressants. Is there like was there anything uh, in your life that you're able to do as far as being able to extend those like happy sparks or get away from the numbness? I, I know like obviously nothing can replace like actually replacing those hormones. But was there anything like else that came in? So for me, I think what also happened is that um, after I had Zoe, I actually. Uh, got very paranoid in the world. Um, So my family encouraged me to go outside. My family wanted me to go and see the world and take my baby outside and everything. But I was so scared at that time, which I also think is part of the reason that I got depressed. Um, So I basically had like these blackout curtains and I basically had my room dark all the time. Um, And I was just kind of sulking all the time and my family when they would come and help me they would open everything up they would tell me to go outside get some fresh air and I think if I had a do-over 
that would have been what would have helped me get out of it. Um, along with talking, but fresh air would have helped so much because I was stuck in this that I was something, if I went outside, something was going to happen to my baby, um, which nothing happened to her, but um, I was just, that's how my brain was functioning at the time. It just would bring random scenarios that would happen if I went outside. And like, what was the, I guess, like with your child and kind of worrying about their safety, um, you know, what was it like, I guess, uh, you know, uh, looking at safety in the house or I guess baby proofing, uh, I guess would be the term um, in the house. What was the, that experience like? Um, baby proofing just, uh, we didn't do it until later on because she was, she didn't start crawling until like five or six months later. Um, so before that, she was immobile. So everything that she did, I would be holding on to her. She could, she couldn't sit up until she was like five or six months. So um, we didn't have to baby proof until then. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, that's when it really gets crazy whenever they start crawling. <laughs> but we didn't have to like baby proof or, um, or do anything like that until five or six months and um, by that point I had started taking antidepressants and had been diagnosed so I was a little bit more back to normal um, mm. not completely yet um, I believe it took me about a year to feel completely back to normal to who I was before um, mm. but I was a little bit better. And kind of with the, I guess that paranoia, Do does a lot of, with your blog, does a lot of the, I guess, moms that you speak to, do they deal with the same, I guess, the idea of going out, being afraid to go out um, because they feel like their baby's gonna, going to get hurt? Um, so I've actually, I actually encourage people to go outside. I tell them, like, fresh air is the best thing that, can happen to you. Even now, if you're dealing with any kind of mental health, um, mental illness, I believe like going outside and just getting some fresh air for a little bit at a time can help you, your brain so much. I also talk about um, cleaning up a lot. Um, Because I feel like if you, one of my, the things that my aunt used to always tell me is if your space is a mess, your head is a mess. So that's something that I try to encourage others to do. Um, I haven't heard other women say that they were par as paranoid as I was, um, but I have heard them have similar experiences um, in the feelings wise, and everybody reacts differently to what postpartum did to them. So for me, that was paranoia and the numbness. And like the idea of... Um really just like being able to go outside and, uh, you know, kind of making sure there's cleanliness. What was kind of that like during the COVID-19 pandemic? Um, you know, how far were you into like parenting when, uh, I guess like in March, 2020? So, um, in March, 2020, Zoe was, uh, had just turned two. So I had, I feel like back then I was also different than who I am today. Um, so with COVID, what it really affected was um, just mostly our jobs. So I was already working from home, but my husband got out of a job. So 
it ended up him always being at home. And Zoe actually loved that because she got to spend all her time with dad and she loved being with him all the time. Um, The biggest thing that affected us was um, we couldn't go to parks anymore. So we ended up buying like a small jungle gym climber that we found and um, we kind of used that to kind of replace it. But then we actually had to move in the middle of it. So we moved in October and I wanted this apartment that we live in now to be able to have a good patio that we could go out outside and just have fresh air at least and be able to have a little bit of that um, fresh air and cleanliness and mm-hmm. just sanity because that's what keeps my sanity, honestly. <laughs> and uh, which time was, uh, what was like the timeline for like the YouTube channel? When did that start off? It started... Uh, around right after zoe turned one so it was april 2019 and Mm -hmm. zoe was born in february 2018 so it was a year because i realized how fast zoe was growing and i started it off trying to just document zoe's life and trying to document me getting over postpartum depression and me kind of just um helping other women out that was my main goal to document Zoe growing up and helping women because I didn't see a lot of resources at that time. And then from there, it grew to what it is now, which now I'm in specifically Instagram is mostly about trying to help women out just in general and not just mothers, but women. Mm -hmm. And what's been like, uh, on your blog posts, like trying to help women out, um, when it comes to, so like what other subjects do you work with outside of, uh, you know, young mothers? So I talk a lot about mental health in general, um, mm. because I know that's a big thing, especially pe- for people our age, um, just the way that we grew up. And I feel like a lot of people went through a lot of different kinds of trauma. So I talk a lot about mental health, um, depression, anxiety, and um, from there, I also talk a little bit of the spiritual side of it and trying to get back into this um, mental state of just peace. So um, I do, (laughs) I feel like uh, some people think I'm crazy because I, I am Christian, but I do dive into a lot of spirituality and I connect about both of them because I feel like they're very connected. And Mm -hmm. then I start spiraling. (laughs) But um I think diving into something that you believe in, whether that's God, spiritual, or anything else, helps so much. And that's what I encourage women to do. And I encourage them just to find their inner power. um, Because women and humans as in general are so powerful. And I found that out when I was creating a baby inside of my uterus. I told you. I and like, would <laughs> no, no. I was gonna ask, like, would there be any other, I guess, additional topics that maybe you haven't covered on the blog that you would love to like add in the future? Um, so that's mostly what I talk about. I like to. Uh, I don't get into the big, big spirituality parts uh, just yet, but in 2022, I actually want to rebrand my YouTube a little bit more to be mostly what my Instagram talks about. Because YouTube so far has been mostly just random videos, lifestyle, um, just very like girly kinds of videos and blogs. Um, 
for the past few months. And I do occasionally do like motherhood videos and, um, and, you know, the deeper videos, but I want in 2022 to just basically be mostly that and back away from just like the regular, the random girly videos that I always do, you know, um, because that's more important to me. And that's the big reason that I started it, uh, YouTube. And that's what I love my Instagram to do. What if like the, uh, what if your lifestyle videos just blew up on YouTube? Would you say, would you still want to make the transition or would you dive into the influencer culture? Honestly, um, I believe that the message is more important than the growth. Um, Mm. and the people that, uh, this message is for will find it and it will be for them. So I, for me, like I haven't grown on Instagram uh, for a bit, but I do reach more people. Um, so my followers have stayed relatively the same, but I have been reaching more and more people, which is my um, my ultimate goal, just reaching people with these posts. So if they follow, if they don't, mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's for them. <laughs> um, but really, I'm just trying to reach people and get them me- and like get this message out that you're powerful, you're awesome. Um, and I love everybody and just all of that. (laughs) With like the kind of the content when you're kind of originally discussing uh, kind of on how fast Zoe grew up, Mm -hmm. is there any like milestones that you would, or milestones or projects you would love to have for the YouTube channel as far as, uh, you know, centered around parenting? So, um, I have, wanted to have another child so once I have another child I would like to do more of the pregnancy updates and document that a little bit more um because I feel like every you're never prepared for pregnancy every pregnancy is different and one of my friends is pregnant right now and she's telling me everything she's gone through and I feel like when you give birth sometimes you forget a lot about the bad stuff that happens because pregnancy is so beautiful, but it also honestly can kind of suck sometimes <laughs> um, because it's very, very hard. And I forgot about a lot of the stuff until she told me about it. Um, and I started remember that, remembering that I did go through all of that because um, you just kind of forget sometimes. So I would like to document that. Um, right now, I, um, YouTube kind of is a little bit more strict about kids. So I I do vlogs with Zoe, but I don't do regular videos with her because um, YouTube just kind of doesn't like having kids in videos, um, even though I'm her mom and, you know, I would approve her. But um, and a lot of moms feel the same that they uh, they it's they want to document a little bit more their kids, but they can't because YouTube is kind of strict and can like basically demonetize your videos and turn off comments and turn off everything from your video with kind of like youtube mm-hmm. ideas would you do something like uh like a crazy gender reveal <laughs> i would that sounds really fun honestly um i didn't do a gender reveal with her so i would love to do a gender reveal my husband wasn't into the idea um at first but he said if it makes me happy then i can do it <laughs> Has there been like any uh, favorite videos in that um, in that type of project? Like when you see just the insane gender reveals? 
I love them. Um, I love, honestly, whenever the ones that the best friend knows before and whenever they find out, like they open that envelope or, or that message and they find out before. So I love that portion of it. And just the whole planning of it, everything is so special. I love just the smoke pop, smoke bombs. Mm. I don't think I, yeah, I've seen the videos, but I'm like, I feel dumb asking this question. Who like, who knows it? Like, you know, how do, like, who's the one that is inside the joke, you know? So, um, I, that kind of depends. And it kind of depends on your doctor. So sometimes whenever um, they'll do a sonogram, the doctor will know what it is or um, or the technician will know what it is and you won't. So for me, I, didn't, I couldn't tell what it was at all. <laughs> I saw, I could see the screen. I couldn't tell. Mm-hmm. So um, she asked us like three times if we wanted to know. And if we wouldn't have wanted to know, she would have wrote it down like on a piece of paper just boy or girl and and we just give it to somebody and they'll basically plan it with one uh one thing that's like blue or a boy color and one thing pink or a girl color and usually that's how they do it or i've also seen that uh they also do uh do it now with like phones so i think they'll they'll link it on a phone uh, like they'll send a link on a phone or something i don't know um <laughs> that one but that's how they were going to do it for me. But I just, I wanted to know right away. I was too impatient. <laughs> and I'm like thinking another uh, kind of idea on that would be, I don't know, like, have you ever done anything like on, I guess like budgeting or something like when it comes to like parenting? I haven't done a lot of budgeting videos um, because uh, I don't really circle around that, but I have done like videos of things that are unnecessary to buy as a parent because there's a lot of things that you think that you need and you buy basically everything as a parent but you end up not using anything so for example like I bought a really nice crib with a um um with a changing table attached to it and then for the next two years or one and a half years whatever I ended up changing her on the floor because it was so much easier she can't fall and because she was quite a, like, she would roll. When she started rolling, she would just roll. And um, we also had, like, this little changer that was on the floor. So we would just, like, change her on the floor. So basically, it was a, it was a waste of money. <laughs> so there's, like, so many things that you can save money through it um, that you just don't need to buy. But you kind of don't know what it is until you're a parent because everybody – I know a lot of people that did use changing tables and um, I know a lot of people that say like diaper genies are like a waste of money, but we loved our diaper genie. So those are like different things. And was like the, uh, I guess like the diaper genie, was that like the most common as far as like, um, you know, people buying that maybe wasn't like the best money to use? Um, The most common thing people buy is clothes. and. A baby is so big for such a little time. So whenever I go to baby showers and everything, I don't buy newborn stuff or zero to three months. I always buy six months and more and usually closer to a year because a baby grows so, so fast that they may not even wear that kind of that clothes 
or um, sometimes they'll buy like six months, like a onesie when it's the middle of winter. So you need to like bundle them up. So uh, you kind of have to be aware of when they're having the baby. And um, so I always just buy like one year old things because the baby just grows so fast and it's you can wear it longer. And I guess to like wrap up the episode, I honestly wanted to just kind of ask, you know, is there, we kind of like talked a little bit about um, some of the upcoming things you want to do with the YouTube channel and blog as far as content, but yeah, is there anything else that yeah, I guess you're excited about as far as uh, projects? I didn't like ask about um, like what you put on the TikTok as well. <laughs> so I don't... Um do TikTok that often, but on um, YouTube, on now December's coming, I do Vlogmas for December. So I post every single day, either a vlog or a short or some kind of video uh, relating to Christmas, winter, just anything December um, and the holiday season. So I post every single day for 31 days. And um, that's what I'm doing for this next month. And I'm also really close to getting monetized on there. So that's pretty awesome. No, that's really cool. Like what's the, um, I guess the process on getting monetized. So for monetization, you need to have uh, 4,000 watch hours um, in the last one year. So 365 days and it resets every single day. If you've been at it for longer than a year and you need a thousand subscribers. So um, when you've been doing it a little bit longer than a year, that's when it gets a little bit harder. So I've had some friends like that are on the same boat as me that we do have over 4,000 watch hours, but not from the past year. Mm. <laughs> so I'm like this close. <laughs> no, that's, uh, I mean, that's really cool. Like that, you know, you're on route to do that. Um, yeah. And monetization would be like really cool, especially with the upcoming YouTube videos you have. Um, but honestly, thank you again, Carla, for not just taking out the time today to kind of discuss your own journey when it comes to, um, you know, some of these touchy topics like, uh, you know, uh, postpartum depression, um, you know, having a child in 19 uh, or 20 and uh, some of these other topics related to kind of parenthood and, um, you know, mental health and uh, outside of that. So honestly, I think it's going to be a really cool topic for anyone interested on kind of the content that you make. And I think it's going to be a really cool. Listen. Cool. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Definitely. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of the Platinum Mask podcast. Stay connected with us directly through the PlatinumMask.com. You can also join the discussion on Instagram at graymask 12. If you would like to speak with us, please send us an email through maskgrayson at gmail.com. And as always, thank you for pushing your mindset towards a better reality. This concludes the most thought-provoking portion of your day. Don't forget to like and subscribe to stay fully up to date. Until next time, raise a glass to success, no matter how you define it.